Welcome back, shooters. Brian and Adam here, and we are here to review the very last review of The Last Dance. Brian, it's over. How you feeling? Yeah, as we talked about before we got on, it was one of those things where I was watching these two episodes just trying to take in as much as I could, knowing that the the end was near. I was just trying to trying to relive it and absorb it and remember and try to pick out as many little details and stuff from it. And um, it was awesome. I mean, it's something that uh, it could keep going and keep going. And I know we've talked about it on here before, but I feel like there's a lot of little stories and content from behind the scenes. I'm sure they use most of it, but you know, there's a lot more um, that they could have shared with us that we would have really enjoyed as, as uh, hoop heads and wanting to know the behind the scenes and everything. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that Jordan had a little something to say about those smaller stories behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, I would have enjoyed that as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, our number nine or episode number nine was probably the one that went by the quickest for me. Um, I, I don't know if it was just because, it, you know, we talked about it last week, but the, I guess, last three, four episodes were a little more during our, our time of, you know, the bigger fandom of Jordan, of the Bulls, of, of maybe basketball in general. But uh, that hour, hour went by super quick. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I could have watched at least maybe 10 more episodes of that, of that whole documentary for sure. Well, one of the things too, and I think the reason with nine and why it went so fast is because the storylines are incredible. I mean, that's the biggest thing with this. I mean, you could, you could, you could drill down on a lot of these storylines, um, and just keep coming up with stuff. I mean, that's, what's just so wild about it. And I think with nine, we had, um, so many different storylines going on on top of the game footage and going back to what was going on. And so, that's why um, I would agree that I felt like nine moved by so quickly because we had the story, um, you know, the flu game, which I know we'll talk a little bit more about. And then the Steve Kerr story um, on top of the game footage and stuff. And so there was, there was a lot in nine. Um, it was, it was awesome. And like mm-hmm. we talked about before, then you get into 10 and you're just trying to take it all in and um, a lot of game footage of, of that series and that championship. And so uh, just, just a ton of fun. I, like I said, I would have, want to see more bus rides and some of that stuff, but I'll, I'll take any minute they were willing to give us. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, it was, I was doing the same thing during 10, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it almost reminds me of watching the last couple episodes of game of Thrones when I was watching them where you're just like, God, this is going to be over. This is so good, but it's going to be over. So just nobody talked to me that type of thing. But um, yeah, you know, you mentioned it. I mean, the flu game that really wasn't a flu game, right? I mean, sounds like, the i'm i'm happy but i would love to know what pizza joint that was in in utah um but yeah his his trainer said it best when when there's five dudes showing up to bring your bring your pizza there's (laughs) there's probably next to zero percent chance that i would even sniff that pizza especially especially before a finals game like that's that's crazy no i agree i mean that's something that well, first of all, I mean, they said like 10 o'clock at night. How is there only one place open at 10 o'clock at night? About the same thing. Like, I, that I didn't understand. I'm like, really? You know, and I know things are a little bit different out in Utah, but I was still like, a one, one pizza place that's open. And then, like you said, yeah, five guys show up and are, are looking and seeing what's going on. And 
I mean, it's that old adage that you have that feeling in your gut, then you just got to go with it. And his personal, his assistant or trainer, whoever was like, I don't have a good feeling about this. And then I also like how Jordan's like, yeah, I was, I was the only one. I ate the pizza or whatever. Everybody Everybody else was smart enough not to eat it, but I was not. And then three hours later, just uh insanely throwing up which i mean we've probably all been there with food poisoning and you know to play uh you know to play a pickup game with that is is you know next to almost impossible but you're playing in the nba finals and you do what he did is is pretty is pretty incredible for sure i like to uh and i i think i tweeted out about it when they were interviewing um coach sloan afterwards and he was like wait he was sick like i didn't even know he was sick like he i thought he played a good game i was like are you kidding me like you didn't hear either hear beforehand uh-huh. someone's in your ear saying hey 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 you know did you hear about right. him today and then secondly i mean you could visually i mean you're not watching the game yeah. but he kind of proved that in the next episode too when he didn't realize that they only scored 54 points with the yeah and if and if if he didn't know Jordan was sick, he needs new assistants because that is prime time assistant job right there. Absolutely, and that I don't know. I also uh, I think I tweeted about this too. They they knew. I mean, at the end they doubled off of Jordan late in that game. Why would you double off Jordan? They ju- doubled off Jordan to Pippen and then left him wide open. I was like, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, and I think I one thing that I know is I can't remember what game it was, but. Uh, it was one of those that Jordan Jordan hit a late shot, and I think I think Brian Russell was I mean he was probably guarding him, but uh, the inbounds play was just a it was almost a slip screen. Jordan set a back screen and didn't even touch anybody, and still he was there was nobody within ten feet of Jordan when he got the ball. It's like you know you you want you lost the game obviously, but I mean that's almost giving it away is letting him get the ball that easy. I mean. <laughs> let let Longley get the ball <laughs> for a for a layup that might be a little uh a um, lower percentage shot than Jordan at the last second you know that's one of the things watching going back um and obviously we only see clips but from a critical eye uh you watch things very different than now than what we did back then and you know just those little things that you pick up where you're like oh man like what what are they doing like what are these teams doing and yeah. just because the game has evolved so much and the understanding of the game and the film breakdown and stuff has changed so much but I mean even and then watching in 10 I was like why if you're Ron Harper or Pippen or Jordan every time you have Stockton or Hornacek on you like why are you not going down into the block and just mm-hmm. posting those guys up you mean tell me that Ron Harper couldn't have scored over top of Stockton every time down there mm-hmm. I mean it was just one of those things where you would see now, I mean, they would obviously the NBA is they're the best at exploiting mismatches and they would have taken full advantage of it. Now, obviously anybody guarding MJ is a mismatch. And so I get where they're coming from, but I mean, there are just trips when you, you totally key in on those and take advantage. And like I talked about the doubling off of MJ, I mean, that's just not happened. I mean, full denial, he's not catching that ball um, without something going on. And so they're just those little things. Um, that you see now that uh that you're like oh man you know i'd be interested to to see how things may or may not be different you know depending on um the eras that you look look back at right yeah and that's the thing too like you wouldn't players of jordan's caliber nowadays would you'd have to run some type of a of a set or a motion to get them them the ball it it just wouldn't be that easy you know i would be very interested to talk to 
one of the coaches or somebody that would be honest with you and say, you know, how, why did this happen? Like, was this, were you just going to let him, let him bury you and see if he could, if, if he would, if he would make the shot, cause chances are he's making that shot. So it was, it, it was really funny to watch that just because it, that's the first thing I noticed when I got the ball. I'm like, how do you get the ball so easy? He didn't even have to do anything. Yeah. No. And one of the other things too, that when we talked about it is they keep, they keep kind of like trying to make excuses for Jordan. Like, Oh man, he's so tired. Like he's played, you know, 32 of 34 minutes and he's just running on E and like all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, again, when you're comparing with LeBron, I'm like, okay, this is, this is LeBron, you know, but however, it's, I get that it's so different. We're talking about comparing eras and it's all different. And I just couldn't help but think about when they kept showing uh, MJ in uh, the last uh, episode talking about how he's wearing down he's putting on e the tanks on e i was like well he wasn't smoking three cigars a day and you know like (laughs) up late gambling and playing cards and drinking who knows what it's like i mean it it, different eras i get it but i'm like could you imagine maybe how good mj would have been if he spent a million on his body like lebron does i mean who knows you know that's also and and also would you could you imagine if LeBron was at a casino till one thirty in the morning before any game, not even just a conference finals or, or an NBA finals game like that, he would get crucified for that. Like it would be incredible. Oh, it'd be, he'd, yeah, just absolutely just tore up for that. And, yeah. and, and honestly probably wouldn't be able to perform either. I mean, those guys, I mean, you start telling LeBron to have a couple stogies and go stay up late playing cards, drinking whiskey. Like he ain't right. going to come out and drop 38 on anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, you, well, you mentioned to you, there was a, there was a, um, there was a portion of these two episodes about Steve Kerr um, and just his entire, his entire background, his entire, you know, uh, timeline is very interesting and very kind of, you know, out there, I guess he was, he made it sound like he, he almost didn't get a scholarship to play basketball in college. Uh, Arizona kind of swooped in at the last second and offered him. He said he didn't even think about it. He just accepted it. And then you're talking about winning NBA championships with Michael hitting the, hitting a huge shot and then moving over to the Spurs and winning some championships with them too. Like it's just an incredible story really. Oh, absolutely. And I, the, the thing that I guess I didn't understand about it is how do you not have any, scholarship offers coming out of high school and then Arizona throws you one. That's, it's not like, you know, he ended up at Pepperdine or something. I mean, he went to Arizona. I mean, it's pretty big deal. And trying to remember, I think he had a pretty decent career, obviously um, um, with his time in Arizona. And I don't know who or what the program would have been like when he was there, but uh, yeah. And then obviously got, uh, got drafted and then traded over to the bulls. And it's interesting too, because, I guess I never realized that there was an overlap between him with him and Paxton. Um, but obviously they filled into the exact same role. And I mean, yeah. it made sense when he was explaining how that was kind of his role model and uh, yeah. who helped kind of foster him because they were what, what I remember and even still feel like the exact same player, essentially, like, sure. them out, you know, yeah. heady players um, make shots, like just play a role. And they both did it obviously to as good as anybody had ever done in the league. And so, Hearing that story was cool. And then um, obviously hearing the story about his dad uh, mm-hmm. was, was super interesting as well. The one thing that I, that they, I wish they would have dove in a little bit deeper was um, the real reason on why, you know, he's going to take this job 
and leave UCLA to go over to just a war-torn country. I mean, right. they touched on it a little bit, but I was like, that just doesn't seem like a smart decision. <laughs> Obviously, knowing the results different, but I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. I was a little confused on, on what the motivation behind that was. But yeah, and even even so, you know, I think they mentioned, you know, once in there that he was just, uh, you know, humanitarian, wanted to give back to to the country that he knew so much about or, or, or the area he knew so much about. But even if you go over there and Americans are getting, you know, killed and shot, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, like you said, but, you know, wouldn't you just, wouldn't you try to get out of there? I mean, it... It obviously is a is a, a hard thing to do if you're that. I mean, passionate about it. I mean, but that's just I don't know. I I thought same thing. Like, what what are you doing over there then? Well, the his uh, the the guy he was replacing disappeared like a yeah, week yeah. before, and he was like, oh, it could have been and me. Said, wow. And he said it was five. It was five days or whatever before he got there. And it's like, yeah, it could have been you. So why are you still here? It's yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe those kind of maybe those kind of scholars think a little bit. Uh, out of the ordinary or, or maybe different than we do, obviously, but. Um. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's a great story. It's interesting to hear. I, I, I think it just gives you more and more reasons to like or cheer for Steve Kerr. I mean, not that he's ever given you anything not to, um, you know, it's just all of, even from his time, you know, on TV to obviously now with the Warriors and stuff, it's just like, he just, just continually, um, says and does some really neat things where it's hard to harder root against that guy and you just find yourself just rooting for him and so it was cool it's fun to it was fun to hear that side of it um i think one other thing too was uh with the start of nine and why that went so fast we didn't even talk about it was talking with uh reggie in the pacers series too yeah yep i remember uh i remember that rivalry the bulls and pacers but i definitely don't remember the reggie against jordan I guess rivalry being that being being that heated. I remember them getting each other's faces, but um, and it was probably you know a lot of behind the scenes. You know, Jordan walking off the court, calling himself Black Jesus, and uh, you know, and all that type of thing, which a lot of this this you know series was. But uh, yeah, they get they had some battles. Um, I think it was Jalen Rose. He said, "I mean, we had a we had a sick team," and he went down some of those names. I'm like, damn you did have a sick team. <laughs> like, that is something I completely forgot about. And I mean, Jalen wasn't, wasn't obviously bad, but uh, they had a, they had a good team. They had a good squad. They were, yeah, they were definitely loaded. And especially for that time in the NBA. I mean, you look at yeah. the Davis brothers and um, Rick Smith and, and then obviously Mark Jackson and Reggie Miller and um, Jalen and Chris Mullen. I mean, they, they, they had some dudes. I mean, they were, they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And Reggie Miller, I mean, Reggie was nasty too. I mean, he was, it's funny, we, I keep saying it, um, and 9 and 10 helped <laughs> helped solidify or helped me remember on why I wasn't a huge Scottie Pippen fan again. And then, but it also makes me remember, oh, yeah, now I remember why I didn't like Reggie when he was playing. Yeah. Because he was obviously a villain to MJ. But then hearing, and I said this leading up to these episodes, was hearing uh, Reggie now kind of talk and articulate how the relationship and how things go. I, I mean, I love listening to Reggie uh, talk because he just has a way of yep. being funny and being relatable, but then also kind of having that higher level where you know, he's yep. got that confidence that he talks about how that was, that was the last time I ever referred to him as Michael Jordan. He's like, <laughs> it was either Jordan or 
<laughs> black cat or black Jesus yeah. from then on. He's like, I was not doing, I was no longer like, this Michael Jordan. So. Oh man. And then, and then not to mention, how about Jordan call himself black Jesus? Yeah. Just hilarious. I the, mean, the epitome of confidence right there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, switching gears completely from really anything that we've ever talked about, but um, you know, there was a complete episode about Rodman earlier here in the series and uh you know he popped up again obviously during the finals um just after after a game skipped town and uh went to hang out with hulk hogan and nwo i think that's who it was uh on on i think it was monday nitro for wcw if i remember that correctly uh we were kind of talking before but that was prime time wrestling days where hulk hogan was bad guy uh I think Sting was even with them, if you remember Sting. And, yeah, so uh, so Rodman skips practice and hangs out with them for a couple of days. And it doesn't even seem like Phil Jackson cares. He just says, hey, he's got to be Dennis, and we know he's going to be 100% on the court, which, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But, uh, I mean, from what they made it seem, he had a – pretty uh a pretty incredible game the next game so maybe it maybe it worked yeah it's funny like you said we were talking about before and i i remember rodman coming out on nitro that monday night um you know and like we said that was that was the wrestling heyday at least for us um i know that uh, you know obviously being a huge basketball guy but i mean we still all watch wrestling monday night i mean if you didn't watch wrestling monday night you didn't talk Tuesday at school because that is all you talked about was wrestling. right. Same. Wrestling. The same with me. And so it was huge. And that was, I mean, that was in the peak of the NWO. Um, like you said, they were the, um, the bad guys. And well, even in the clips, they showed him hitting diamond Dallas page with the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the wolf pack might've been forming sometime around then NWO wolf pack. Right. You're probably right with Razor Ramon and Scott Hall and (laughs) all those guys. I mean, it was, that was, that was when it was in its heyday. And like, like we said too, like, remember Rodman coming out there and, you know, as seventh, eighth graders, not even like phasing us to the fact that, Oh man, he just played an NBA finals game last night and probably had a travel day or should be at practice or something, but he's Mm -hmm. out here um, hanging out with Hogan, you know, and it was like, didn't even, didn't even dawn on us as fans back then, but now to see it, and like you said, Phil was, he's like, distracting from who? Just, you guys are the ones that he's distracting, yeah. you know, he's not distracting from us, and almost, yeah. almost like he, ex- almost like he expected that to happen, which, you know, it, and the thing about it is, is like, you, you, you said the same thing as I said, that I remember it happening, but I don't remember being like, oh, that's, why would he do that during the finals? For some reason, in my mind, I was thinking he played the game, flew to do Monday Nitro, flew back for practice, probably flew back to do mon- do do whatever it is Nitro again, and then and then flew back for the game. It's like that's not possible. How would that 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 happen? But uh, it's it is funny and really really crazy to look back on that and say that really did happen. Like, is there anybody else in the league right now that you could say would potentially even do that? Well, no, I mean, that's, and the thing with right now, and they kind of alluded to that um, towards the end of the whole um, documentary, but with social media and how things were going, I mean, you would know instantly, like someone would find, would know Rodman was wherever he was, 
within a half hour, you know, I mean, that's just how, let alone going on something was most popular thing in the world. I mean, they would have picked up on that right away. And so it's just, it's wild. I mean, even when he got back and they were showing, I thought it was pretty funny. Their publicist guy or whatever is like, yeah, there's 300 reporters out there and Rodman has nothing to say. Like that was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) They had to sneak him out. He, he, he pulled away in that, that, old old long box pickup that yeah. was real loud that sounded like it was just too old to be on the road <laughs> yeah that was I mean that was good like those are the types of things where I'm like yes show me more of that like I yeah. just want to see more of that and more of MJ like making fun of people behind the scenes and yeah. coming out to his disc man and stuff so yeah yeah for sure but um well now that we're done now now that we've covered Rodman let's uh let's let's talk kicks yeah, I had a lot of good ones. Um, obviously, in uh, the first uh, episode, we had the 12s, um, you know, which are obviously highly, highly respected um, from hoopers and shoe shoe enthusiasts around the world. And um, he had had the uh, the playoff 12s, so the black with white toes on um, for a good majority of those. Those those are those are my favorite 12s. I mean, that colorway. Um, it's just awesome. I just like yeah. the black on white. Um, he obviously, they looked really good with those jerseys as well. Um, and then, and then the flu games, which are obviously the black with red. Um, those are something that uh, is obviously forever going to be remembered as the flu games. I know a couple of the retros that came out had kind of like the, um, the sick face emoji on the tongue and stuff yeah. where it's the, the two, three and to represent the flu game. And so, yeah. Um, those, those were pretty awesome as well. And then, uh, yeah, and then they then got to move into the 13s, which, um, uh, we talked about before we got on here, the 13s, I mean, those were just nice. I mean, they were, mm-hmm. they were different looking, they were cool looking, the hologram on the side was pretty sick. And then they were super comfortable as well. I mean, yeah. that was something that, uh, those shoes, um, uh, pretty legit and then finishing off in the last shots obviously the all black 14s i mean we we got a run there of um the 12 13s and 14s um which is a good run for uh uh for the jordan shoes yeah and i never i never had a chance to play in the 13s but um you know we talked about before that uh probably probably like visually those are probably the very very top echelon of of jordans for me just love the way they look i'll Honestly, there's not a bad colorway, I don't think. Um, and you said they were, com- you know, really, really comfortable to wear. Um, with the, you know, when we get into the 14s, I didn't necessarily like the way those looked. And and you said you played in them. I, I never have, you know, and they maybe maybe weren't weren't the most comfortable. But, uh, you know, and then we also got to the 15s, which make the 14s, in my mind, look look like the, the greatest shoe ever released. But, um, yeah, I mean, those – those those couple of years you know in the in the jordan brand and you know the nike nike jordan um i mean series are are very very top i mean there are some there are some nice shoes there and not to mention you know the 11s before that uh you know those are some uh those are some great years great years for sneakerheads and they are still probably rolling in the dough from those re-releases and retros and stuff like that yeah when you look at uh the I mean, you can slice it up in any three pack series that you want to, but I mean, if you look, um, you know, you can go 10, 11, 12s, mm-hmm. uh, you can go 11, 12s, 13s in those Jordans. Um, I mean, you could, if you want to go four pack, then fine, go 10, 11, 12. 
yeah. you know, on them. I mean, those, the, that, that run of shoes um, was just incredible. I mean, it's something, and even obviously guests on here before have talked to you, got two, two guests that, you know, the 12 lows um, were their favorite shoes that they hooped in. Um, and so, and I, I mean, they're not alone and we get that quite a bit on those 12s uh, were pretty awesome. 13s, like you said, the kind of colorways and those, those were big too from He Got Game. Um, oh, yeah. Jesus Shuttlesworth going, oh, yeah. or actually Jake Shuttlesworth going to the store and um, scooping those up. And he had yeah. those, Denzel had those on and that, most of that uh, movie. And so those were pretty iconic. And then obviously with uh, MJ wearing those um, black and red ones, most of that playoff series against the Jazz are just, I mean, just iconic. I mean, those are something that yeah. – you're always going to remember and then we talked about the 14s you only wore them once but it happened to be the quote-unquote the last shot and yeah. um so having him in those I mean those are in that picture uh, I saw that floating around a lot uh too that uh today where they were showing that the last shot or whatever and looking mm-hmm. um looking a little bit closer at the fans obviously with that shot being in Utah yeah um, was pretty awesome like you kind of look you can just I, see the look on on their face and I did the same thing that was it was awesome to look back in those and obviously having those 14s on and that was one of the things too that was kind of funny that we didn't mention with the documentary when they're talking about once jordan got the ball and they're like what did you do and they're all like we just got the hell out of the way like (laughs) yeah we knew what uh we knew what was coming we knew who was taking the last shot as did everybody and it was like robin's like i'd get out of the way yeah and even you know there's a lot of talk and, and he mentioned it too that uh, when he was driving driving by Russell, that you know when he when he got past him and crossed him up, that he usually left handed kind of push off. Which if you're looking from his left side, so behind him, I mean you won't be able to tell how hard he pushed him. But then they showed an angle where it was from the baseline, I think, and you really really saw that he barely touched him. Like I mean, you knew that you knew that Russell was kind of tripping anyway, and so he was his momentum carried him obviously but you know there has been since that game a lot of talk of him kind of pushing off but the angle that they showed from the baseline I mean there's there was he I, I don't think he hardly even touched him I I agree I hadn't seen that or they just haven't used that angle as much either because I saw the same yeah. thing it was like his hand just like barely went it, yeah it just grazed him, grazed his, him. maybe he, shorts maybe he was already they were both committed in opposite directions at that point anyway but yeah, because I, I remember too, you know, I, I remember it being a, or feeling like it was a more of an aggressive push than it really was because, yeah, yeah. There, really wasn't, there really wasn't anything there. And not that it mattered. I mean, you're not going to call that that late in the game anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a play on no matter what um, it yeah. looks like. And yeah, so it was, it was interesting to see that, um, you know, another angle and obviously to relive that moment. And uh, I think to talk about, um with mj the fact of kind of alluding to the fact of should that have really have been the last shot um yeah. and i thought that was kind of interesting because obviously we've all kind of thought about it i mean there was mm-hmm. a certain level of coolness with him coming back and playing with the wizards and you know still being able to hoop at 39 or 40 however old he ended up being when yep. he would call it quits um but there's still something that would have been really cool about that actually being his last shot absolutely and that's what you know obviously a lot of people talked about then you know but um yeah he you know he just couldn't stay away and obviously I feel like he thinks or would if somebody offered him a contract to come back right now 
I think he would probably say yes and I'll try. Um, you know, but yeah. And even, even to say, you know, kind of getting everybody's, uh, viewpoint on that, that last year where, 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 um, where Jerry, Jerry Reinsdorf called, called Phil Jackson and said, Hey, you can come back if you want. And Phil said, he said, no. Um, and to hear, to, or to watch Michael watch that conversation and say that, you know, Hey, it was, it was, it was, it was actually Phil who said this. And then Jerry said, Hey, I want to, he made it sound like he was the one, sorry, he wanted Jordan to come back and it just didn't work out. And I, I think every party was committed that at that point anyway, you know, George, I feel like Jordan knew that entire year that he wasn't coming back. And yeah, obviously, you know, Phil knew he wasn't coming back either, but yeah, to get back to your point, that would have been a nice ending to a career to remember Jordan as hitting that shot and then done. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, it, I think we all still try to just have that, just remember Bulls Jordan, obviously. And, you know, he did some kind of cool things when he was um, with the Wizards and had the all-star game where they should have won on that shot too and ended up getting beat. But, um, you know, and so it, it's hard. I mean, it's kind of what do you do. But I will say one thing that I'm going to greatly miss is is – is iPad Jordan um, when they hand him the iPad and they let him watch something for the first time like that is exciting. (laughs) That's always the best. Like we should just keep doing that. Be like, Hey Jordan, did you hear what so-and-so said about you? And hand him the iPad and just watch his reactions. Like, yeah. Like like I had no problem with the glove. That's all he said. Yeah. (laughs) I had no problem with the glove. Yeah. I mean, those were just, uh, that those that was pure gold in the documentary. It's just being like, "Hey, did you want to hear what so and so said?" Because you know he does. You know, yeah, and that's the thing too, where it's like, I'd be interested to see what MJ would be like in this social media. Because he, oh man, talking about motivation. Yeah, he, he makes up his own stories. Like, what happens mm-hmm. when Twitter starts saying stuff to him about his game? Like, oh my goodness, like it would have been wild. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I guess, you know, everything that we thought it'd be, obviously we talked about the very first episode. It's a perfect time for this documentary, um, you know, with everybody, everybody staying home and social distancing and stuff like that. Sports being, uh, I mean, obviously absent, completely absent. Uh, it was a perfect time. And I don't think it disappointed me at least at all. Um, like we said, could have watched about 20 more episodes, but it was, it was great. It was great to relive that stuff and, you know, learn a little bit more about the, uh, behind the scenes and, um, and all that, and all that stuff, like you said, the bus trips and stuff like that. So it was awesome in my opinion. No, nope, absolutely. It was, it was much needed. Um, I think you know, sticking on the social media theme, obviously just took over, uh, just absolutely yeah. over everyone, uh, you know, made a spectacle of it. I think a lot of people was like, Hey, Sunday night, like you're, you would schedule your life around the last dance, which is yeah. awesome. Just shows the impact of it. Um, you know, it gives us a chance to relive our, our childhood in the, the mid to late nineties. And so it was great. It was, it was awesome. We would obviously take more. Uh, did you see where they talked about possibly they're going to do game six, they're going to release game six, I think Wednesday. He's oh, really? Going to play that whole game six, um, Wednesday or something. I thought there was going to be something else special with that. I just saw a little bit about that today. So I'd be interested to see how. I'll gladly watch that again. Oh man, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That'll be 
now I have something to do on Wednesday night. So that's awesome. Thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> yeah. I was just plan plan around it. Just Jordan's just a gift that keeps giving. I mean, it'd be good. You know, and let's just, let's just do all his, all the game, all, all of his top games and start from that one. Just, just keep releasing them every week. And we can just make this a thing every, every week. I'd be okay with that too. Well, I, they did uh, on the golf side of things. They just had like Tiger and Phil commentate and rewatch their masters victories. Um, didn't obviously have the masters, you know? Yeah. And so if we could get a little MJ commentary watching the game back, Oh man, just hand him that iPad and be like, all right, here's the game. <laughs> um, you know, let's, uh, I, think you, I, I, I think you got a good idea here. Let's, uh, let's work on a pitch to ESPN and send that off here in a couple of days. Be like, Hey, get him to commentate. Like, what were you thinking on this possession? Oh man. I was, I was thinking there's no way this dude was going to guard me. I mean, you're going to get to the rim. Yeah. We're going to settle for a jumper. <laughs> uh good stuff but yeah it was an awesome series man we've we've had a lot of fun um you know re reliving this stuff as we said and and reviewing these episodes um we appreciate we appreciate everybody listening and watching and stuff like that and we're going to come back with 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 a couple more really awesome guests that we have that we have planned out um i guess but you know obviously as we always mention you know we love to hear from you guys so find us on instagram and twitter at shooters touch ia on facebook's um, all you gotta do is search for shooters touch. Um, we, we have some, we have a gear store open right now for a couple, for a couple more days. So we'll, I'll post that in the comments below. So check that out. We'd love for, uh, we'd love to see some people wearing shooters touch gear out there. And, uh, like I said, we appreciate everybody, um, reliving this stuff with us. And as usual, always remember shooters shoot. <laughs>